Hello fellow riders, this is your host Rusty James. It is Monday, October 9th, 2017, and this is The Ride. Welcome to another beautiful, beautiful, beautiful new day. God has provided you and me. I just passed a couple of big dump trucks on the way to work, and I don't know what made me say it, but I... You guys remember the term mamajama? I don't know what that means. I really hope it doesn't mean something bad. But when I passed those dump trucks, I said, let me get past these mamajamas. And it just made me laugh right out loud in the car. I don't know why. I don't know why mamajama <laughs> would be such a... Uh, an LOL-inducing thing, but for some reason it did this morning, and I don't know. Maybe I just needed to laugh. It's kind of nice knowing that our God isn't so staunchy, and, uh, you know, he, He created us, and He created humor. I don't know, you know, on what day He created humor. Maybe it was like on a Thursday evening around 6 or 7 o'clock at night is when he kind of threw in the the humor seed into the whole mix. But whenever he did it, doesn't matter. We have got humor. I mean, humor's not even part of the necessarily just a human thing. Watch little baby animals someday. They crack you up. It's like God created these little critters and says I need a little bit of I need a little bit of entertainment so I'm gonna make these little baby animals like be stupid at times and doofy and just make me crack up I guess as humans we sometimes do that too we act stupid and doofy and sometimes crack him up sometimes we make him sad too like dude are you ever gonna learn from your mistakes he confronted the disciples at times and said, you know, when are you going to, when are you going to understand? Am I dealing with children here? Come on. But he was still good and a good leader. And uh, that's what I want to talk about today, I think. Leadership. Maybe more along the lines of parental leadership. We'll see. The reason, the reason I thought of that is because I was praying this morning on the way to work. And I didn't really have a strong thought on what we'd talk about today. I was going to listen to somebody else's podcast. But I thought, you know, it's been a while. I'm going to do another one. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been since Friday. I need to get my game up. I used to do these every day. In fact, one time I did, I don't know, I think eight of them in a day. Because I had a long, long road trip. Eight in a day, I can't believe it. But anyway... So this morning, I felt the Lord was speaking to me when I got stuck behind a slow-moving vehicle. And, you know, it's amazing how the the voice of God can speak when you are behind a slow-moving vehicle. I'm also amazed that it's not always the voice of God that's speaking, but the other voices when you're behind a slow-moving vehicle. You know, the voices that tell you, hit that horn and let that guy know how you feel. But I withheld the wrath of Rusty 
And when I had my opportunity, boom, I gunned it, got past that guy. And somebody else was behind that guy. Somebody I could tell really wanted to pass him. But I made my move, and he didn't get a chance to pass that guy for a long time. Because the oncoming traffic was there. So I made my move, and I got my spot. But he didn't. And I could tell. I could just tell. I could look at those headlights, and they just looked mean. Like, oh, I got to get past this guy. But he never had a chance. So then we make a turn, and now he's behind me. The the fast guy, or, or the guy wanting to be fast, is behind me. And I make another turn, and on this long straightaway, I mean, a couple miles straightaway. And, you know, we could gun it through there, and nobody would know. I don't, by the way. I don't do that. But... I went as fast as I normally do, which is, eh, okay, maybe a little bit faster than the speed limit, maybe. I'm not going to tell you because it might incriminate me, but enough faster than the speed limit to, to, you know, make most people be fine going that speed. But I could tell the headlights were behind me, those evil headlights, and I could tell he wanted so bad to pass me. And it's a straightaway and no oncoming traffic. So he could pass me. But what was interesting was I was going just fast enough that I don't think he felt it worth his while to pass me. This was kind of fascinating. Then I started to get convicted. Oh, I'm, I, I am going fast enough that the speed demon behind me doesn't feel the need to pass. I must really be going faster than I should. But it didn't convict me enough because I was going to keep on doing that. And I did. But then I thought, you know what? This is really irritating because this guy is right on my tail. And those headlights were getting more and more cross at me. And so I thought, you know what? I really want to go faster. (laughs) My spirit, I'm sorry, my flesh really wanted to go faster. But I knew that I shouldn't really go much faster than I was going. But this guy is on my tail. And I thought, well, what do I do? Ah, I know what I'll do. I'll take the the cruise off and just kind of slowly slow down. And I watched those headlights behind me get more slanted and more cross with me. And finally, he made his move so quick, I didn't even see him fade out from behind me to pass. He was just instantly, he was on the side of me and gone. He was easily going to go 10 miles an hour over what I was doing, which I thought was interesting. And I thought this would happen too, that if I slowed down a little bit, that he would obviously pass me because he had all the opportunity to do so. And he would go faster than I would have wanted to go. So he wouldn't have been in my hair, you know. It wouldn't be like he'd pass me and then all of a sudden I'm stuck behind him and he's, you know, going the same speed I was going. No, I figured he'd be out of my hair and gone. And I thought, well, hmm, that's kind of interesting thought. Maybe I should think about if life worked that way. Because I thought I was onto something new. Like, nobody ever, nobody ever thought about this. Because I like doing that. And figure something out and patent it and, like, 
make money or something. I've learned the new traffic algorithm that will save millions of dollars in travel if you only do this. Whatever. So I was thinking, you know, I really was thinking about teenagers. Not teenagers driving, just teenagers in life and what they're wanting to do. They're wanting to get out there and explore, make waves, make a difference, make money, make out with their wife or husband. They want to do that too. They're wanting to seek their future spouse. They're wanting to do things. And I remember being a teenager and thinking, I'm held back. I'm like that guy that was behind me. I was wanting to go. Now, it's different for everybody. I get that. You know, not everybody had my personality, and um, and that's fine. But I would say maybe on average or most of the time, the, that slow-moving car, the, my car this morning... It was like the parents, the parent situation. You know, here's a stable house. Uh, this is where you live. And, you know, this is the way things are. And until you're ready to fly, you're kind of in the slow lane with mom and dad. Now, if you remember, I wasn't going slow. I was going <laughs> faster than maybe you're supposed to. So it's not necessarily a slow lane, but it's definitely slower than you want to go, teenager. So I'm thinking about the situation this morning, you know. I slowed down a little bit, and it caused that car to take off. Now, you can look at that a number of different ways. If the parental car is going too slow, and the teenager bucks and gets out there on their own and just flies, breaks the speed laws, and goes against what's there to keep them safe. That's a problem, isn't it? In it, that would be a problem. So it's important when we have our kids, from the early days, before they're even teenagers, that you establish something with your kids. Establish an understanding of what the speed limits are in life. You know, speed limits are out there to keep you safe, keep you alive. If we didn't have any speed laws, there would likely be more potential for crashes and even, not even crashes, just people not judging the road well enough. They don't judge their environment enough and they're making curves and turns and living life without the guardrails, without the protections and the speed safety things, that they'll slide right off the road, find themselves in ditches. And if they don't learn their lesson, they'll get back on the road again, go, and then they're in the ditch again. So it's important, parents, to establish an understanding about the rules. Now, if you've listened to me for any length of time, you know that there are a lot of good rules in the good book. Things to protect you so you don't get stuck in a ditch. 
Oh, I don't know. Maybe protection on the speed limit of relationships. Don't speed around that corner. You might find yourself in a situation that you didn't want to be in. Having to take a responsibility on that's more than you can take at that moment in time. So I don't have any particular rules that I want to pass out this morning from Scripture. Well, maybe I will as they come to me, maybe. But the one Scripture I was thinking of is in Proverbs, and it's, it's the one that most people have heard of. It's, it's the one where uh, Proverbs 22.6 tells us, Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Now that... Nope, low fuel. That's what happens when you are out on the road speeding and you didn't prepare. Oh, man, God just spoke to us. What if that child bucks, heads off into the distance, and they weren't prepared? They didn't have the fuel. They're going to get stuck in a ditch on the side of the road if they run out of fuel. Parents, teach your kids the way they should go. The Bible says they will not depart from it. I've always felt like, man, that scripture, I don't know. I've seen these kids. I remember bucking. But it's the word of God and I believe it to be true. So let's just make sure that when we're teaching our kids, remember, it's not what we say, it's what we do. Can I get an amen? You're teaching your kids by what you do say and do, but more like from what you do. I'm starting to feel a little convicted right about now. (laughs) It's okay. Conviction is good. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, reminding you that there are things that, you know, even, even you as a parent can learn. That's why you're tuned in. In a sense, even we parents are those teenagers that bucked at one point and we're off there speeding down the road and we're raising kids too and maybe there's certain things that we needed to learn that we didn't well good here we are learning it's never too late to apply God's principles you do this right and you're affecting your grandkids grandkids I appreciate my mom and dad for what they taught me I believe that that colored what I taught my kids and I believe that we've put something into our kids that they will pass on to their kids but that scripture it still kind of rubs me slightly the wrong way because it seems to me like some people just are hard nuts you know what I mean they could be taught the right way growing up and They do depart from it. You know, what do you say about that? Well, I know the word of God to be true. And I know the sentiment of this scripture is true. I believe it's important that parents teach by example and use words when necessary. And maybe if it's done right and the kid bucks and makes mistakes, that's okay. I don't want you to get frustrated at God because the scripture didn't work. I believe that what you put into that teenager and that child all the way up through the teenage years, I believe what you put into that person 
is there and is helpful to help them make decisions. Even though they seem to sometimes make decisions that you wouldn't make. It's not to say that they're making that God says that they're an identical personality to you. It's simply saying in Proverbs that what you're putting into them, they won't depart from it. And I like to believe that the Holy Spirit can speak to your children as they fly the coop, as they leave and start their own individual life. God can speak to them. Obviously, we pray for our kids, and God hears our prayers. So the other thing I was thinking of, remember the story this morning. I slowed down a little bit so the guy could pass. I think part of it, also, you could look at it this way. We don't want to enable our kids. Now, every parent's going to know, I feel, most parents will understand the level of maturity of their children, their young adults, and they'll understand what they're capable of, just like the mother bird knows when the baby bird is ready to fly. And it's like the mother bird slows down the car so that the baby bird has to pass, has to fly, has to get out of the nest, has to spread their wings. So the don't want to be a parent that's enabling your kid either. So this is the other extreme where you you're making an environment where you're catering to their every need and they're not stretching their wings to fly. You know, we want so bad for our kids to be protected and in a safe place and that's a good thing. But they need to learn how to be their own people, too. And just like the scripture is kind of alluding to, train them when you've got them so that when they depart in the future, they won't forget the wisdom that you've given them and they'll be able to live by that wisdom. When I slowed down my vehicle enough this morning, that hot rod behind me passed because I wanted them to pass. I wanted them to not be held where I was, but to let him fly in his path. We should do that with our kids. When we have them, we need to train them in the way they should go. But we shouldn't fear the time when we have to let them go. I keep thinking about my kids. I think lately, especially about my son, because obviously I'm thinking about my daughter as well, but lately I've been thinking about my son because he's growing so quickly and he looks completely different than how I remember him when he was a young boy. He's totally different. And I want to hug that little boy because, you know, that little boy used to hug me. But my young man now he's finding who he is there's part of me as a dad that wants that little boy to know that I love him because you know teenagers they don't let you know that they love you because ooh, you know that's just why do that but I think down deep just like 
Proverbs says, they remember, and I got to remember that. And the truth is, my son isn't that little boy anymore. It would be unfair for me to expect him to be somebody who he's not. He's a different person. I mean, I don't want people looking at me thinking that, well, I wish, you know, Rusty James was that little Rusty again. That's not who I am. I was that person, but I'm not anymore. You know, it's been a while since I was that person. And really, I'm just not that person. And we have to remember that about our kids. My son, my daughter, they are not the same people that they were when they were like those little cute animals that would trip over each other, like create laughter. They're not the same people. Isn't it true? Didn't they say that our cells kind of re, um, are replaced every seven years? So, you know, you're really, truly, except for your soul and your gray matter, you're really not the same person as you were seven years ago. You're, you're completely a different physical package. Well, no matter what physical package you are, God loves you. Whether you're learning the ropes as a parent or whether you're a teenager trying to figure out where your place is in the world, God loves you. And just a note, teenagers, your parents love you even though they've probably gotten tired of trying to tell you. You know, depending on the personality of the child and the parents, you know, the words might not come. And I just want you to know that your parents do love you. And maybe, parents, maybe it's time to just show your kids that you love them without words. You just show them. I'll leave that to you to figure it out. Maybe find some answers in the Word. So so you stay in that Word of God. You live in peace. You pray for those who persecute you. And on the road of life, there's a lot of choices to make. The only thing I can say is the Word of God lays out a great plan. You use the Word of God. You activated in your life and let it meld with your personality styles let God speak to you every day and as you're raising your kids love them the way that God loves you which means you let them make some mistakes right we've all made the mistakes God still loves you you love your kids all right and I will see you on the flip